This podcast is brought to you by the new Stars series, The Girlfriend Experience, a seductive look inside a world where intimacy comes at a very high cost. Binge the entire season beginning April 10th, only on Stars. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to Sex Lives, the New York Magazine sex podcast. I'm David Wallace-Wells, and with me today, as always, is New York Magazine sex columnist Maureen O'Connor. Hey, Maureen. Hey, David. we got a great show for you today. First, we want to remind you about our Sex Lives voicemail box. We've been ending our shows with your responses to questions we ask at the end of the previous week's show. So this week, you'll hear a cautionary tale about giving out your Snapchat on Tinder. Gone to the hospital. This guy started sending me dick pics while I'm waiting to get my uh, elbows uh, pushed back into my, my arm. And I sent him back a Snapchat of the hospital bed. And he sends me on Snapchat another dick pic captioned, so no. Before that, we're going to talk to Anna Davies, who Maureen is a little bit in love with, even though she hasn't met her yet. Anna came to our attention via an article on The Cut last year called What I Learned on Tinder in My Third Trimester, which was every bit as great as that sounds. She's also written about a lot of other stuff, but I think we're going to focus on dating while pregnant. She'll join us in a minute, but first we're going to talk about um, a new study that came from Tinder about the most right-swiped jobs on the dating service. The top one for men was pilot, which is like maybe feels like a little outdated to me. And uh, the most right swiped one for women was physical therapist, which seems all like a little gross. Maybe. The funny thing to me was that like so many of these jobs felt like sort of like when you're a kid and you're fantasizing about what you'll be when you're a grown up. And they're like totally. little bit jobs <laughs> feel like fake jobs. <laughs> like the men, um, number one, pilot, number two, founder, entrepreneur, which whatever, that's that's a money right swipe. Um, <laughs> number three, firefighter. Number four, doctor. Number five, TV radio personality. Um, I will say, though, pilot. Model is number eight. That's crazy, right? Or maybe people just don't like Why models. Why is anybody left swiping on models? That doesn't even make sense. And for women, it's, cra- it's even lower, which is even crazier. What the hell? I don't understand the world is what I'm discovering. Although I will say that pilot and firefighter are always right swipes for me. Just categorically. Just pilots because of like the like glamour and you're like, maybe he'll fly me somewhere. Ooh, can I get discounted airplane tickets? Is it tickets? still glamorous, do you think? I feel like pilots used to be so much more glamorous. Now it feels like they're always like jet lagged and there are these like frumpy middle-aged dudes who like... Like there are some with... hot pilots on Tinder, but you know what? It's not the glamour of the job. It's the glamour of like, wait, oh, he's based in like... Riyadh, maybe he could fly me there. <laughs> That's the glamour. It's not the actual airplane itself or his life, but it's the idea that, like, oh, he's not in town very frequently and maybe he'll fly me around the world. Firefighters are right swipe just because it's, like, interesting and hot. But I think it's that everybody sees firefighters because they're, like, dispersed everywhere. There are many available. And, you know, they're, like, I don't know. I have to say they aren't always hot, but the idea of a firefighter is hot. So you're like, all right. Does this have something to do with, like, their, like, their outfits or something? Like, their hats and their, like... They're, they're like big pants. They're big fire retardant pants. No. I mean, maybe for someone else. I think it's more just like, oh, a man who like runs into fire. I bet he's wild and fun. Yeah. Although probably not because he actually he's like a professional who knows about like medical things and whatever. I but. think they basically have like nothing to do anymore, right? Because like no buildings catch on fire these days. A building caught on fire on my block recently. Really? Yeah. And the firefighters who I see on Tinder put it out. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. The female jobs are also... It's weird how, like, stereotypically sort of feminine and masculine these things are. The women was number one physical therapist. I don't even know how to parse well, that. Well, it's sort of weird because, like, then you're really imagining this as a woman who's going to put her hands on many, many men. 
and you're, you, and that might feel good. Maybe like she knows how to give you a massage, but I would be more like I don't know. I I find like the idea that she's always touching men a little weird. Not Ooh, to sound so kind of possessive. Yeah. I would imagine, <laughs> what I do wonder is if there might just be some correlations. Like, for some reason, physical therapist correlates with a certain type of woman. Yeah, that's probably but true. But I don't know what that would be, necessarily. What about speech-language pathologist, which is number seven? You know, I know a strange number of speech-language pathologists, I have to say. Is that a big job? I didn't think it was a big enough job to be number seven. Yeah. Interior designer and PR communications are sort of like, they'll strike me as like cute, nice girls. Yeah. Like, I, I, that sounded more dismissive than I meant it. But, like, I can see, like, why you'd be like, okay, like, that's, a, like, a professional person with a nice job. Yeah. It's interesting also that personal trainers all the way down to number 14 in women and number one, and, you know, compared to number one being physical therapists. Because on some level, those are close jobs. But probably the personal trainer is, like, a little more aggro Buff. about things. Yeah. <laughs> aggro, whereas the physical therapist is gentle and helpful and sort of more medically trained. Yeah. Um... I do think it is slight. I mean, not totally heartening, but slightly heartening that founder entrepreneur is number two for men, but number three for women. Yeah, it's close. Which I feel good about the fact that like gender we're, equity, we're feeling good about ambitious women too. We've been talking about uh, Tinder's blog post about the 15 jobs most likely to be right swiped on Tinder. Next up, we're going to talk to Anna Davies about dating while pregnant. We are joined now by Anna Davies, um, who we've been actually excited to have on this show for many, many months. I don't know why it took us so long. Um, mostly, I think our interest started when, Anna, you wrote a, uh, a piece for The Cut about using Tinder in the third trimester of your pregnancy. Yes. Um, so first of all, welcome to the show. And um, second of all, thank you for talking to us about what it's like to be on Tinder in that state. Yeah, thank Although you. Now, now the baby is out and thriving. Yeah, how old is the baby now? She's almost a year old, Lucy. Jeez, we are so behind. <laughs> but I hope the memories are fresh. <laughs> the memories are fresh. Yes, and the screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> so, what prompted you to? You were off Tinder for a while, and then you decided to get back on, sort of late in the pregnancy, right? Right. Well, first off, um, I had been using Tinder the months prior to getting pregnant. Um, Lucy's dad is not from Tinder, um, but I was living in Europe in the months before getting pregnant, just tindering my way through Europe, through Croatia. The the Tinder tourism. The Tinder tourism. Also a very inspiring article that you wrote for L.com, I believe. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was doing that, and I really got addicted to sort of the rush, the back and forth of flirting, and especially when it didn't necessarily have... Like, I wasn't looking for love. I was just looking for a good time. Um, So I sort of missed that. And, like, all during my pregnancy, I was so focused on, like, oh, my God, what am I going to do when the baby is born? Like, I need a job. I need baby stuff. That I just sort of wanted to have that single girl experience again because I wasn't sure if I was going to get it Mm -hmm. once the baby was born. So much of dating, I think, is the fantasies of this, the freedom or the what if my life was this, what if my life was that. And it sounds like you knew what your life was going to be, but there was sort of an escapism element. Totally, totally. And I also wanted to see what the reaction would be. Like, I just yeah. wanted to put a picture with a bump and uh-huh. see how men would react. It was sort of a sociological experiment. <laughs> and how conspicuous was the bump? Super conspicuous. Yeah. It was like 36 like the whole weeks. Frame. <laughs> yeah, it was... <laughs> Definitely. Um, And I even put that on my profile. Like, yes, the bump is real. No, it's not yours. (laughs) 
And what was the reaction like? I think it was divided. Like half were into it in sort of a pervy, voyeuristic way, but half were like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, I can't believe you're doing this alone. Like they were really elevating and just... (laughs) (laughs) Were they elevating? I mean, was it, I can't believe you're doing this alone. You're an inspiration. Tell me more. Or I can't believe you're doing this alone. You're a strong woman. Let's go on a date. Um, Some of it was just like, you're a strong woman. Like you go girl. Like, And then there were the ones who were like, let's go on a date. And I actually did not go on any dates. Uh Uh-huh. And I, Did you know that was going to be the case when you started or were you? I, yes and no. I mean, yeah. I think quite honestly, a lot of it for me is I get caught up in the logistics and I was like, I'm 36 weeks pregnant. Like, where do we go on a date? Like, we can't go to a bar because that looks weird. <laughs> I hate coffee dates. Like, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> coffee dates are hell. Side They're note. terrible. Well, it just gives you such bad breath. Yeah, it's, like, awkward and, like, everyone's kind of, like, quiet on their computers or, like, very quietly muttering a job interview and, like, yeah, you're too close together. But then I don't know what dates that don't take place in bars even look like. We could go to a restaurant. No, that's even worse because you're trapped for the whole meal. And then it's like, it's expensive. And yeah, it's a meal. Like, it's at least an hour. Too much to worry about. Too much to worry about. But it sounds like even before you got pregnant, one of the things that you were into Tinder for was not even the actual encounters with people, but just like the excitement of encountering them on Tinder and like engaging with them that way. Exactly. Like, the fact that, you know, if you are feeling lonely, if you're feeling bored, you can boot up Tinder and. In two seconds, you have someone flirting with you, someone telling you that you're hot or you're interesting. And just being able to have that instant conversation with that undercurrent of flirting, like, that's really attractive. And you felt like you had missed it when you were... Oh, my God, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You also mentioned, though, that the sort of real Tinder magic happened when you used the moment section. Mm -hmm. Right. So the moment section is when people who you've already matched with, you can put up a photo and then they can react to it. So when I started putting up photos of myself pregnant, um, a lot of the men who I'd met the summer before, the ones who lived in Dublin or Croatia or wherever, messaged me and were like, oh, my God, like really... um, began catching up and like we really just had this moment where it was just like oh my gosh like this was more than just like a random drink state 10 months ago like you're a real person was there anybody of oh god was it mine um yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely um but the other funny thing was there was a couple guys who really wanted it to be theirs oh fascinating yeah they were really hoping and I was like no like it doesn't work that way like I a lot of guys don't really understand the conception process um, (laughs) in terms of the dates Um, so they learned something I had to give them like a little um, biology like calendar lesson like literally how does that conversation even go I mean is it like you just literally get a congratulations could it be yeah and then you're like well no because According to my calendar, we had sex on August 4th, and according to the ultrasound, conception happened on August 10th, so it's not yours. Wait, that's really close. You can figure it out that carefully? Um, You can if it's within, like, the first 8 to 10 weeks. Uh-huh. You can figure out by the day, because um, when I had the ultrasound, the tech was just like, oh, like, what day do you think this happened? I was like, oh, August 11th. And she was like, no, like, according to this, it's August 10th. And then I looked at the calendar, and she was right. I just had the date wrong. Whoa. Yeah. I have a friend who was very proud of the fact that, like, when he... um. As soon as he came with his wife, he was like, I just impregnated you. And it turned out that, in fact, that was like the 
the time I'm, that their first baby was conceived. Apparently, it's not just the men of Tinder who don't understand conception. It's Maureen O'Connor. What? I didn't know this. I always assumed there would be like a week window or something. No, it's like wow. 12 hours. Support for Sex Lives comes from the Stars series The Girlfriend Experience, a new drama from executive producer Steven Soderbergh. Riley Keough stars as Christine Reed, a second-year law student who is introduced to the seductive world of transactional relationships, providing emotional and sexual intimacy at a very high price. Juggling two different lives, Christine quickly finds herself attracted to the rush of control and power, but soon realizes that everything comes at a cost. Binge the entire season beginning April 10th, only on Stars. You've talked a lot about the people who, the men who had a sort of like progressive, like celebratory response. I'm curious also about the people who had a more perverted response. Definitely. I mean, I think that there was definitely a class of men who were really curious about what it would be like to be with a pregnant woman. A lot of them said that that was their fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know, and these were mostly, I mean, I assume single guys who didn't have kids or didn't know if they had kids. Um, (laughs) And probably they would have had a wife and knew exactly what it's like. Yeah, exactly. So I think that they're, you know, yeah, they just got turned on by that idea. And Mm -hmm. I think that they also got turned on sort of by the tabooness of being with a woman who was pregnant with a child that wasn't theirs. I think that that turned ah, them on too. There's some sort of like cuckolding element. Interesting. I, and that's why I didn't want to go there. Like I yeah. think that I was protective of my future child. Like, you know, it's one yeah. thing to meet up with someone when it's just you, but like I feel like... When that is weird that there's another person There's sort another of person there. and I yeah. feel like they need to... Like, give consent, and it's just like, (laughs) so. Do you think, I mean, it's interesting to me that there are men who wished it was their baby on some level. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. What do you think that is? Is sort of just the dream of a sort of preset life coming to you? If you're dating, maybe you're hoping somebody's going to end up being... I think so. I mean, I think that it depends on the man, but I think the same as women, I believe that men, you know, obviously I'm not speaking for, like, the whole gender, but I do believe some people do have biological clocks and I actually met up with a man who I'd hooked up with in Dublin last summer before mm-hmm. getting pregnant he was here over St. Patrick's Day um, and he whoa so <laughs> thematic I didn't know Irish people would really did he celebrate St. Patrick's Day in New York yeah he was really excited they don't, <laughs> I don't think they do it the same level yeah so um, I'm trying to imagine what the equivalent would be like me going to like a KFC in China is like what his <laughs> experience <July> was yeah. <laughs> okay so he's here um, for her St. Patrick's Day yeah and he was saying um, that he sort of wishes that he could be a father like he mm-hmm. kind of wishes that he did have secret kids out there that he um, is now thinking of having sex without condoms. Um, Whoa. With the hope of <laughs> impregnating people? Yeah. He feels like it's time. Well, wow. I guess there are sort of two different fantasies. One is like maybe guys who would like to make something work with you and were excited about you particularly being the mom of their child. And then there's a guy who's like, I just am excited to spread my seed generally and like this may be... This Genghis Khan This will be the first. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's really interesting, though, because I know I've spoken to some women who are, say, older, and they're kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to find, like, a person to be with, da, da, da. And the weirdness of, I had a friend that was like, I think I'm just not, you know, if I get pregnant, I keep it, no matter yeah. what, you know? Yeah. And it's just kind of this, like, and I'm going to have sex without condoms, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I that mean, you're like, you know, there's this element of, like, 
wow, that feels like playing with fire on some level, but then also... Sort right, of raises the stakes. Really raises the stakes. <laughs> and as one who has hookups really hoping not to get pregnant, that's terrorizing <laughs> to me. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, so this was not planned. This no, was yeah. not my... I mean, I took the morning after pill, which I'm very open about. It didn't work. And it work. didn't work? It didn't work. What? Um, but the funny thing was, was I took the morning after pill, whatever. And then I started feeling, you know, in the subsequent weeks, I started feeling like a little bit weird. And I was just like, oh. um, and every symptom I Googled came up pregnant. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm just not going to think about it. And then I... I was in Ireland, but then I flew to the south of France to meet mm-hmm. up with this guy, Nicola, who Ooh. I'd met in Croatia on uh-huh. Tinder. We'd never actually met in real life. We were just yeah. messaging. And he was like, come to Provence and stay at my house. So I was like, all right. <laughs> so it was that weekend where I really started to realize I was pregnant. We went on this romantic drive to like go on a hike, and I had to make him stop twice so I could throw up. Um, wow. And then also, this might be way TMI. Um, uh, go for it. You're but, in the right place. But when we had, when I had sex with Nicola, I actually orgasmed really easily, which does not happen. And that is also a symptom of pregnancy, according to Dr. Google. <laughs> so yeah, because there's more blood flow. Whoa. Um, <laughs> this is so amazing. So you were impregnated by, in Ireland? In Ireland. And that was a night off from Tinder because yeah. I was really going strong on Tinder and OkCupid in Dublin, not necessarily having a ton of sex, but I was going on dates because I wanted to find an Irish husband. I love (laughs) Irish men. Um, But then the night that I met Lucy's dad, I I was just like so over dating. I Mm. just like went to a bar by myself and then I met this guy and... To realize you're pregnant with his baby while on your like romantic getaway in Provence with another guy is like... Yeah. This is the inspiration to me. Not the, like, single mom making it work. I'm like, oh, my God. There's so much romance here. So did you tell him? You're like, I think I'm pregnant. We got to stop it. Um, No. So then. Or you're like, I'm already pregnant, so we can do whatever we want now. Pretty much. So then I was just like, okay, like, I'm. So I was with him for a long weekend. And then I went to, um like the Brittany region of France and that was where I really like was like what do I do like I yeah. rented like move like I watched like Obvious Child and like read books <laughs> about like single moms and like because I knew before I took a pregnancy test I wanted to know what my answer was um, yeah. I wanted to know what my decision was so then by the time I left France then I flew to London took a pregnancy test it was positive and then at that point I was like okay I'm gonna do this wow yeah I always knew that I wanted a kid eventually, so I was always telling friends, like, if I got to be about 35, 36, I yeah. just wanted to backpack through Australia and get pregnant. Yeah. So it happened five years earlier in the in wrong a different country. continent. But... <laughs> but you were kind of backpacking, right? Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. this was your, your grown-up gap year, It was correct? my grown-up gap year, yes. <laughs> so what, what is it about Australia? I just thought, like, those guys, they're like... Party. Yeah. And then they're on the other side of the world. So if you really want to be a single mom, you're like, got a little space. Yeah, I think they've got good genes. Like, <laughs> I mean, I didn't think it through. I mean, but it worked out ish. Wow. And then what happened after the baby was born? Have you got, did you go back on, or you like, did you keep? I didn't. Um, I deleted it while I was in labor. It I deleted Tinder. Tinder. What? During, <laughs> while in labor, you deleted Tinder. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of time. 
<laughs> what was the thought process there? Just because I wanted it to be like clean slate. Like, ah. okay, like this is off my phone. Lucy um, arrives and there is no Tinder. There is no Tinder. I was sort of infantilizing some kind of like, fuck you, this hurts. Goodbye, men. <laughs> I know, yeah. I've really got the rom-com version of it going in my head. Sorry. Yeah, no, and now I haven't been back on Tinder just because my life is so different now that I have hooked up with an ex-boyfriend. I've got like a couple of things going on, but I'm more interested in meeting people in real life. I think that that makes more sense for my life right now. Yeah. Because I just don't have time. Like, I'm also not just... I'm not interested in dating in the same way. Like, mm-hmm. I think that it's just my brain is in a different place. So it's like if I meet someone and it happens organically, it happens. But I'm not necessarily seeking that You're not rush. looking in the same way. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> and happy upcoming first birthday, Lucy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks also for coming by. It's been great to talk. Totally. Likewise. Now, on last week's show, as part of our fond farewell to Allison Davis, we're still sort of crying about that. We spent a lot of time talking about dick pics and also discussed Maureen's theory about Snapchat's value as an accountability-free messaging app for people you match with on Tinder. One of our callers reached out with a story that magically unifies both of those threads. Hi. So I had something both on the Snapchat, um, Tinder conversations and the dick pics. Um, once when I, when I was in college, I used Tinder a lot when I was drunk, and sometimes I accidentally swiped people. I did not mean to swipe. And there was one very persistent guy that I made the mistake of giving my Snapchat to. And so I'd get random dick pics whenever he was in town, and, and I would just ignore them or, or kind of make fun of him because I was mean. But one one day, it was a, it was a football, football game, and I was at tailgate. I tripped and fell. I dislocated my elbow. Got into the hospital. This guy started sending me dick pics while I'm waiting to get my uh, elbows uh, pushed back into my my arm. And I sent him back a Snapchat of the hospital bed. And he sends me on Snapchat another dick pic captioned, so no. Uh, so that's that's my, my favorite dick pic Snapchat story. I think there may not be like a thing that you can send a dude in response to a dick pic that is going to seem like a disqualifying circumstance. Like he's going to take any, he's going to like, so you're in a hospital bed, I'll come. Yeah. The the man bold enough to continually send dick pics to a woman who is like perpetually thwarted him. Apparently, although I have to say of all things to sort of like make the excitement of the dick pic end, a hospital bed is like pretty severe, I'd say. You hear about that like sexy nurse fantasy or like sexy doctor, whatever. And like to me, it's like when you're in your little hospital gown, you like want it to be as, like, antiseptic, like, completely unsexual as possible. Well, I, I guess I feel... Well, first of all, I think that, like, the doctor-nurse and fantasy is, like, more in the context of a doctor visit rather than, like, a hospital visit. Like, okay. it's not like someone's in crisis, right? Yes, and you're not in, like, a papery little gown with your right. butt out <laughs> feeling horrible. Or maybe. But I also feel like <laughs> I personally am much more comfortable with a woman doctor so rather than a male doctor. So I guess on some level, like, I do like a little bit, like, a little bit of... Is that why you like a woman doctor, do you think, though? Well, I just would prefer, like, yeah, prefer a woman, like, examining my balls to a man examining my balls. I'm why? not I'm not turned on by that, but it's just, like, a little more 
comfortable. I'm more I'm more used to a woman. I guess you're more used to. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And that's yeah. it for our sex lives. Um, a reminder that you can always reach us at 646-494-3590. This week, call us with your stories of sex and dating during pregnancy. Or maybe if you've seen a formerly a former hookup getting pregnant and it was fascinating to you. Or if you've had sex in a hospital room. Yeah. And that's it for sex lives. Uh, sex lives is produced by Sam Dingman. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. See you next week, and thanks for listening. 